the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lending me those ears. I appreciate you. Thank you. And again, check out the Sales Velocity Academy. If you haven't checked it out, we've added like 12 courses over the last 12 months. So check out the new stuff that's on there. But today's topic is about two different sales models. And I had this question asked to me this past week. And after I went through a whole explanation, I said, you know what, I think I should do a small little, you know, sales influence podcast just on this topic. The two models that were brought to my attention was the spin model, the Neil Rackham model, and then there's the challenger sale model, right? That was done by CEB, who's now part of Gartner. Two different books, two different approaches, two different time periods. This is important. Two different time periods. Now, spin selling came out in 1987. Whoa, throw it back. But that book is still valuable. But there's a caveat to that. When spin came out, it was pre-internet. It was pre-internet, which means that, you know, part of the process with spin, which stands for S, situation, identify the situation, P, problems, find the problem or identify the problems within that situation, highlight the implications to the actual client, and then talk about the need payoff if they were to fix those problems, right? It's kind of the model that they use to kind of say, hey, look, let's ask a lot of questions, let's dig for pain, figure out what the problem is, then talk about the implication, that's the real painful piece, and then why the need and the payoff will be there if we fix these things. When SPIN came out, it was okay to really walk in and ask the customer a lot of questions. You know, during discovery, ask a lot of questions because the customer the customer was willing to put up with these question, uh, these long questioning sessions, which were often interrogations because, first of all, they didn't have a lot of information. It's pre-internet, right? So they were willing to engage with the salesperson for a longer, longer than normal period of time as compared to today because they wanted to learn more. And the salesperson asked a lot of questions because the salesperson didn't have access to a lot of information. We didn't have the internet. So we had two entities, the salesperson and the buyer, both had limited information. So there, were, there was a lot of exchanging information. In other words, a lot of questions, a lot of answers back and forth. Now, fast forward, we have the internet, and all of a sudden you have buyers, potential buyers, clients, who are 57% into the buying cycle. Some say 60, some say 75, some go as high as 85 to 90% into the buying cycle. What does that mean? that they have a lot of information. They've done the research, they've gone online, they kind of figured out what it is they're looking for, and then they finally reach out to a vendor, but they're not coming to that vendor with zero information. They're coming fully, almost fully loaded. In other words, 80, 90% there in making a buying decision. So now, if the customer is aware of a lot of things, you as a salesperson, one of the things you cannot do is ask as many questions. Why? Because the customer is already into the buying cycle. They know a lot about the product. So if you're going to ask questions, they have to be insightful questions. Questions. That's what the Challenger book was all about. How do you ask insightful, provocative questions or make provocative statements? Now, this is important because I want you to. I want to give you a specific example of where I'm going with this because I really want it to be very tangible for you. Pre-internet when we were doing spin, it was great to ask the question, what's keeping you up at night, Mr. Customer? Mr. Customer, can I ask you, what's keeping you up at night, right? And it was a legitimate question, what's keeping you up at night? And everybody uses that question, uh, what's keeping you up at night? Now, 
I think things have changed. Instead of what's keeping you up at night, the question you ask, you now have to walk in there with a declarative statement, a statement that says, Mr. Customer, let me tell you what should be keeping you up at night. What? Oh, what a great statement. Imagine you walking into a meeting, a presentation, and you're not asking, hey, what's keeping you up at night? Because everybody asks that question, right? You're walking in, understanding the customer's business, understanding their business, their products, their market, and everything that's going on in that industry. And you walk in, and now you say something like this, here's what you should be thinking about at night. Here's what should be keeping you up at night. And then you begin with that provocative declaration or statement, and then you go on and show them what you believe should be keeping them up at night. Now imagine walking into that presentation with that type of attitude, one, two, with that type of insight and information. Here's what should be keeping you up at night, because the customer may not be even thinking about it, but you're coming in and saying, here's what you should be thinking about. That is the new differentiator in selling. If you can do that, if you can walk into a customer's room, conference room, presentation hall, whatever it may be, and make that declarative statement, here's what should be keeping you up, and then go and prove, demonstrate, show that what you're thinking about and what they should be thinking about is correct, then you've got their attention because they're like, this person's presenting something I didn't even think about. And again, when you do that, you've differentiated yourself from your competitors. See, your competitors are still asking, what's keeping you up at night? But you're not asking them what's keeping them up at night. You're telling them what should be keeping them up at night, and maybe it's something they're not even thinking about. See, in today's market, you, 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 the salesperson, are the differentiator. Did I emphasize that with enough use? You are the differentiator in today's market. Most people don't get that. Products have reached a level of parity or service parity, right? It's almost the same. It's hard to tell one from another. One product, it's hard to be different. So when we talk about differentiation today, I think it's tougher to achieve. But the one thing I know you can achieve is that if you, the salesperson, take a different tact in terms of selling, presenting, by walking in, not asking what's keeping you up at night, but by telling the customer what should be keeping them up at night, and then all of a sudden, that right there, that entry point differentiates you from everybody else. All of a sudden, just with that declarative statement, and then you go ahead and show them what should be keeping up at night and present the, 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 the information with evidence, with proof, right there, you've now positioned yourself as a trusted advisor. Like, wow, this is somebody I should listen to. Apparently, they get the market. And as you're building out your presentation, you're walking in with a provocative statement. Here's what should be keeping you up at night. Once you know what the one, two, or three things are, you build your presentation around that narrative. And you bring together all the supporting data to reinforce your key points. And immediately, you're going to sense this instant rapport. But beyond rapport, you're going to build this connection. And beyond the connection, you're going to understand and build this understanding between you and the customer. Let me say this again. Anybody can build rapport. It doesn't take much to build rapport. That's the first level. But then as you move away from rapport, you connect with people. It's like there's a symbiosis. There's connection, right? But that's, again, that's good, but not good enough. It's when you build mutual understanding that you say, 
This is the person I want to talk to. And when you're walking into a customer premise and you're telling them what they should be thinking about, you're telling them, here's what you should be thinking about. All of a sudden, you've just separated yourself from the pack of competitors behind you. And next thing you know, price is not an issue because what they want is to work with you because you have something they don't. You have insight they don't have. So keep this in mind. It's not about the product. It's not about the service. It's about you being able to position yourself in such a way that customers go, this guy's thinking or this gal's thinking differently. And they're bringing issues to the table that even we haven't thought of. And if you can do that, oh, get ready for business to come fly your way. And that is it for this Sales Influence Podcast. Let me know what you think. Love to hear your feedback. Give me your comments. Put them on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Pandora, wherever you find me. Spotify also. Love to hear your feedback. And after that, again, check out salesblossomacademy.com. We've added some great courses. Continue every month to add some great new courses to help you sell more faster. And on that note, this is Victor Antonio. Always remind you to celebrate hard when you know how. Take care. <laughs>